Naylan Akult is a health promotion officer at Hepatitis Victoria. Welcome, Naylan. Thank you. So you've been here for about a year, doing a variety of different projects with us. Can you just talk about your work, please? Sure. So uh, I came on as a health promotion officer, and I'm on full time here. And four days out of the week is dedicated to work in custodial settings. Um, and one of those days has really been managing a project uh, focusing on targeting the Aboriginal prisoners across Victoria around with a bit more of a hepatitis B education focus and then more broader work throughout the prisons around general hepatitis awareness and education and, and linkage with services as well. And then the other day a week is focusing on culturally and linguistically diverse communities um, particularly those affected by hepatitis C. Nolan, the custodial work or work in custodial settings, what kind of challenges is that um, throw up? Well, I mean, there's a lot of locked doors. I mean, really figuratively and uh, literally. So it takes a while to, to get access. There's a real lack of flexibility if you need to adapt a date or a time and everything takes a really long time to get organised. So just on a logistical level, it's a bit hard. but also on top of that um, you have a lot of people who are processing various elements of their lives that are fairly complex and an understanding that that's really not something that you're there to engage with which is a bit challenging at times and often the other service providers aren't linked together as well as they are on the outside. So what do you actually do? What's your role there in a custodial setting and do you work in women's as well as men's prisons? Yeah, so there's uh, 15 prisons across Victoria. We have active programs in about eight of them at the moment. And there's two of the prisons uh, for women. Uh, so the majority of the prisons are men's prisons. Um, so I go into, in some locations, I've kind of worked working with the broader alcohol and other drug um, programs. So I'll go and deliver the bloodborne virus education component. Um, which is a really important thing to reflect on if you're a drug user and you're in prison and, and you're actually learning about what your other options are and what the implications are of your actions. We also, I also do programs around when people are preparing to leave prison. So that's a pretty uh, critical time for a lot of people to think about what they're going to do when they get outside. And it's an important time to really make sure people are engaging in um, healthy activities and if they do have hepatitis C that they're getting treated as soon as they get out or and they're linked with care as soon as they get out or if they have time to actually get treated inside to do that before they go because obviously transitioning back into society there's a lot of different things that you're going to need to be juggling and a lot of um, instability in your life so uh, yeah that's a really critical time to engage with people. And you're talking to the prisoners in the main, or do you also talk to the officers who are, um, you know, looking after them, if you like? The majority of our work is directly with the prisons, um, the prisoners, sorry. Um, so I, we are working a little bit on doing some education with the staff, but um, obviously the target group is, are the prisoners themselves, um, so they're the people that we engage with. And what's the reason why we're putting so much emphasis on prisons? 
there's really high rates of hepatitis C, particularly in prisons. There's higher rates of hepatitis B as well and hepatitis A. So um, we do talk about all of those different viral hepatitis strains. So there is a really good program that's rolled out across all the prisons now, the statewide hepatitis program, which is facilitated by a few excellent nurses from St Vincent's and they're there to do a job and they treat people and they provide care but they don't always they don't have time to actually educate people about the broader context or what it is that their body is doing or how they might have contracted that so it's really important to go and explain those things and have those discussions so that people understand how to not get end up with hepatitis again but also some people aren't even aware that those services are there. So it's, it's really about helping um, link people with the services that are available as well. And how do you um, promote the service or a session inside a prison? What's the process? Well, that's a tricky question. Um, every prison is kind of like its own country. That's how I feel about it. So I've really had to, had to get to know different processes in different places. So some prisons will have tablets where programs will come up so you have to get in the system um, essentially every prison though you need to find the right staff member to help support you on the inside some prisons will have uh, a really influential peer and you really need to go and engage with that peer first and get them to really um, draw the community to come to those events um, or uh, a liaison officer it, it takes a while. Each, each space is really quite different. And what have next. you learned in the last year about going into prisons? Has anything surprised you? I, I've been really surprised at how great the prisoners are to work with. There's obviously a lot of different stories that people are processing. People are, are hungry to learn. They're, you know, There's a lot of minds that really are underutilised in prison so they're really hungry for information and um, a sense of empowerment and re respond really well to being um, spoken to with respect and they speak with a lot of candour and the, the sessions are great. I really enjoy working in the prisons. Is there a big difference between the way you interact with the prisoners in a woman's prison versus a men's prison for example? Massive. What's the difference? I find that there's higher levels of trauma in the women, women's prisons and um, actually finding ways to engage with the women, um, particularly the main women's prison. There, there's a second women's prison which is about, only holds about 70 maximum and that's out in the country and the women out there are a little easier to communicate with. But the women, the main women's prison is um, it's at its maximum capacity. There's a huge turnover. There's a lot of people in there on remand. It's um, it's quite a difficult space to get into, also because there are so many services who want to engage with the women. So there's a, there's a lot of competition <laughs> to actually have a space to get people to come along to. Yeah, it it does feel like you need to be a little bit more subtle and engage in to be able to engage effectively with the women. In the men's prisons, what, what are the main challenges there that you face? Um, trying to get to them all, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them. 
Nayland, talk a little bit about the work you're doing with Indigenous communities in prison. You know, I'm a, a white woman, so I've been delivering education sessions to uh, Aboriginal men's groups in prisons. And the nature of um, discussing hepatitis B, particularly, there's quite a bit of men's business in that. So that's been a little challenging, and I wasn't sure how to best uh, deal with that. So I actually went and delivered a session to the broader peers group and then spoke with some of the Aboriginal peers that were involved in advocating in their communities and got them on board before going in to do the sessions, which was fantastic. So not only was there somebody who they could go to when I left if they wanted to learn more, have more detailed discussion around the men's business elements, but also, you know, it's, it's empowering to give give someone that responsibility and trust to assist and co-facilitate a session so I think I think um definitely myself and and the peers got something out of that process um and also but that community bond is is really strong in the Aboriginal community you know there's there's a lot of um shared history that um bonds bonds people in those communities so if you can get a couple of people on board, then they'll really rally for each other and try and get everybody to go and get tested together and everybody's going to get on the treatment and make sure that they look out for each other and it's it's actually a really positive process. And there's a lot of um, myths, I think, in the, the Aboriginal community around hepatitis B particularly um, and some confusion about that just being something you can contract from bad behaviour. So that stigma level is really high. So it's really wonderful to be able to go and give factual information about that and help lift that a bit and give people the full picture. Can I ask you about stigma? I mean, stigma exists about hepatitis B and C in generally in society, but what about inside? I don't think so. I think because there are higher levels in the prisons, there's a lot more conversations happening about hepatitis. More prevalence, you mean? Yeah, mm. yeah. So that in itself, I think, reduces the stigma and the sense of isolation for people because it's it's become a little bit more normalised to talk about it. But, but the stigma does remain and often that is connected with people not really understanding how thing you know how transmission works um what is a risky behavior and so it's it's yeah always very helpful to actually run through that information with people and one element of what we cover in our workshops is you know if you found out that you that your roomie had hepatitis what would you do you know and we try and actually facilitate a discussion around rallying around people around you and providing support for them and helping them get the care that they need rather than stigmatising them and that's they're always good conversations. So you talked about myths and misapprehensions perhaps mean what about yourself I mean you've been working in the prison system teaching for the last year or so were there things which you've now learned which change your mind about what prisons are like for example? I'm, I'm really aware of the challenges of people integrating back after prison and how high the rates of return are 
connected with that. So um, I, I definitely feel more passionately about trying to find um, pathways to employment and, and housing and um, those social practical elements that give somebody a, a base to be able to restart their life on the outside. Also, you know, there's, there's quite high rates of injecting drug users that go to prison. So um, one discussion that, that always does come up is, you know, part of that education is being aware of, of NSPs, you know, needle syringe exchange programs, which obviously isn't available in the prisons. Um, so that, that's an issue. Um, but and that that's always quite a robust conversation in itself. You also use art quite a bit, don't you, and creativity in um, prisons to kind of teach or to, to convey the message about hepatitis. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you've been doing and how people have been responding inside? Yeah, so um, we, we have a program, the Art Inside program, that has had a few uh, incarnations um, and the last one had a really excellent response. Um, so that involved going to a variety of different prisons, delivering um, uh, an education workshop and then that evolving into an art workshop to um, synthesise the ideas that were coming through in that education. So um, I think a lot of different things a lot of different elements of the world are integrated better into a person when they try and translate that into something as abstract as art. So that in itself is really interesting. I think you can access the more subtle layers of what your thinking is around a subject by trying to change the form of, of how you're expressing that. And I think it also softens some of the information because it, it can be quite stark information for some people so that that helps as well so we, we've made a book actually out of that now out of the last the all of the art that came out of that last round and now that is um, a resource that we take to the prisons and that really appeals to to prisoners who who recognize the the underlying emotional context of that image that's you know, discussing that idea, but also there's a broader story there that you, you get from that image. So, Do you mean they actually um, talk about it in that way when they see the image, or are you just getting that sense that they don't understand it? There's, there's, there's a real um, connection with the works. Some, sometimes people will, will talk about what that's, that image is related to, um, and there'll be an affinity with that. But a lot of it is unspoken. But I see how people react to the to the uh, resources, and um, also I think get a little bit of a um, sense of pride or hope that um, people in prison like them are interacting with improving their world. And also, they're doing really quite beautiful illustrations, oh, aren't they? Some of them are quite marvelous. Yeah, the quality of work was amazing. Mm. So, Nathan, is there anything else you'd like to say about your experience in the last year or, or what you're working on? We're moving more into doing some work around training the prison staff over the next year and I hope that that will lead to a more integrated uh, reality with how our program is received and the linkages to care and 
I think that there's still quite a bit of work to be done in that space but I, and I feel really lucky to have access into the prisons to be able to be part of that. That's fantastic. Thank you, Naylan Akul, who is a health promotions officer at Hepatitis Victoria. If you'd like to see the images that we were talking about in the prison brochure, you can. They're at our website, which is www.hepvic.org.au.